Welcome to TMZ Live, Harvey Levin here. Charles here. So, Courtney uh, Kardashian uh, and Brood, as in New Brood, seem to be back home after spending a week in the hospital where she gave birth. Yeah, uh, we got photos yesterday of Travis driving uh, out of Cedar sinai and in the back seat, you can see there is uh, his blushing bride and new mom, Courtney Kardashian. So hold on, hold on. This looks like a Bigfoot sighting. Yeah. Explain that to me. Well, let's go back to that shadows. shot. It's called shadows, <laughs> reflections. Oh, there she is. I yes, got it. She's I got in it. There. Right. It's sort of when you look at a cloud and you say, "Oh my God, that's Jesus Christ." What? <laughs> And, and Harvey's not too far off because in our morning meeting this morning, me and Brad were actually going back and forth between whether she was in the front seat or the back seat because that makes a big deal because we didn't see any sighting of baby Rocky uh, with them. So we assumed maybe, you know, they left the hospital without the baby, but she is definitely in the back seat and new moms sit in the back seat with their newborns with when they leave the, the hospital. Baby. Exactly. Case closed. And so they've left the, the, left the hospital, which is obviously very good news. Because um, we didn't know because they, they, they apparently checked in a week ago Monday. So we were thinking, you know, hopefully everything's okay. The fact that they were there for so long and that we'd seen so many photos of Travis going, leaving the hospital. Right. And he was, we know he was staying at a hotel nearby. So made us think, you know, there's something, possibly there's something wrong. Um, what this really has to do with is something that had come out, um, gosh, a month or a little more than a month ago. Um, that Courtney had gone uh, to get an emergency uh, it was like a checkup heart on the baby because they were worried about the fetal heartbeat. That's right. And they did some procedure, um, and it may well be, and again, we don't know, but it could be that because of that complication that they wanted to keep them there. We don't know. But, but she we're still unsure of what day she actually gave birth because I know last week we were piecing together, you know, Kylie had showed up to the hospital. Travis was in and out staying at the nearby hospital. So they were hoping for a Halloween baby, which would have been last Tuesday, but we ended up not being able to, you know, actually confirm until this past Saturday. I'm going to go so ahead and uh, I think the odds are on either Halloween or November 1st. Yeah, I think you're right. Those, well, those labor does we'll take see. a long time. So even if they wanted that, she could have been in labor right. for more days or more hours, however long that may have taken but her. But whatever the complication was, obviously the great news yesterday afternoon was seeing that image of them leaving. And they went and, back home. And they went home. So Yeah, so that's great. They didn't go to a hotel where they have to come back. Because if the baby were still in the hospital and Travis was already staying at a nearby hotel, they probably would have both gone to that hotel because right. where they live is... Much pretty far away, in the hospital. but they went home, so that's great. And we've seen Kim out, you know, she's in New York City doing all of these events for Skim, so if it really was that serious where the baby had some major complication, I do feel like her family would have rallied by her rallies. side at Cedars. Well, especially Chris, right? I mean, especially Chris, you would right. think that she, and she never really went, so it seems like everything is kumbaya. Yeah. This is Kim in St. Louis, and congratulations to both of them. It's good she was finally discharged. I'm hoping for a healthy baby so they can at least enjoy their newborn and get extended family in time for the holidays. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, I wonder if they've done the, the family Christmas uh, photo yet. I, I doubt they've done it quite yet. I don't <laughs> know when they do their production. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> uh, okay, we can move on. Yes, uh, to Charlie Sheen's change of heart. Um, you know that he had been very vocal um, about his daughter, Sammy, his daughter with Denise Richards, uh, starting an OnlyFans page. Um, when she turned 18, this is something she wanted to do, and Charlie was very much against it. Well, he has had a change of heart, at least according to Denise Richards, and she says, that's right, money talks. <laughs> um, uh, Charlie's concern was that he didn't want 
his daughter to be showing any nudity. He, he encouraged her, look, I can't control it because she's 18, but please keep it classy. It appears she has, and now... She's actually made a lot. Quite a bit of money. money. Denise was talking about this. She went on Bethany Frankel's podcast. Um, and here is what she said about Sammy's venture into uh, OnlyFans. Where does Charlie stand on all this? Where is where is he? Well, when he when she first did OnlyFans, he was not happy. Okay. And I think was public about it, which she didn't appreciate. And uh, he's changed his tune. You guys are being supportive and all together. I, I mean, I, he, he changed his tune when she bought a Mercedes and moved into a house. So it was like, maybe this is Ain't so bad after all. <laughs> I mean, I think there is something to say for this. I mean, the, the fact is, she wasn't. this wasn't like full-on nudity, anything like that. And this is kind of the way of the world. And I maybe Charlie just She's didn't kind of understand. Herself. She's got to... There are a lot of people doing this. Are you guys this. saying that you don't understand what Charlie was saying? I think it's probably less about the money that she's earned and the fact that it's not nudity. It's not explicit content. And and there is that kind of uh, content on, on OnlyFans. I mean, you can... There's porn on OnlyFans. So I think as a dad, I obviously understand. I, I don't, <laughs> Did I don't you, want to touch... He was you like, what he said is that way. He's like, I, I don't mean, want to I've, never, I've never watched that. I don't watch that kind of film. Uh -huh. But uh, look, <laughs> I, I, if I'm Charlie Shea, I, I don't want some guy, you know, some 65-year-old some guy oh, but, touching himself looking at my daughter. Like, but I think, But I do think part of it is realizing that she is independent and that she's found a way to sustain herself, like to be and completely independent and, without, and, and, and by not the way, have to lean on her parents. Yeah. And by the way, it's not that, I don't think that Charlie Sheen would have an issue with supporting his daughter, but it's always nice as a parent to see that your, your child has grown up and can actually support themselves. Well, and also the, the, and the, she's the, keeping the, the, world, the world has changed. Hey, my name is Rocky uh, from DC. Uh, just to comment on the Charlie Sheen incident, man, it's, it's I think, to be honest with you, it's a uh, a good thing for her, man. She's moved out of her parents' house. She's got her own uh, businesses going for herself. So, uh, to be honest with you, more power to her, you know. Um, so, I just wanted to get my two cents and let y'all know what was going on. That's all right. All. No, we appreciate, appreciate your two it. cents. Yeah. Uh, so, guess what? Happy anniversary. Happy birthday, TMZ. Uh, 18. We uh, are celebrating. We're not old enough. To, we're not old enough to drink. Can't drink. But. I'm not we, saying we, we could join the military. <laughs> we could, yes. Uh, 18 years ago, uh, today, the website was launched, and we have Paris Hilton to thank for that um, because of this. This was a pre Even, it was a premature birth. We were preemies. Uh, uh, we were going to actually launch two weeks later, later, but we got this video. So let's explain this. This is Paris and her boyfriend at the time, Stavros Niarchos. Yes. Um, they were shipping at air. Uh, shipping, a Greek shipping area. Mm -hmm. So they were at a club in Hollywood, and they were apparently drinking inside. Left early in the morning, I believe. It was like 30. 2 in the morning, yeah. yeah. And so what happened is there were a bunch of cameras there trying to get shots of Paris particularly. Stavros then puts his hoodie over his head. Which makes sense. Unless you're the person who's actually driving the Bentley. That's the problem. So he books it, which honestly, it's hit and run. And they had been drinking inside. Baby, I'm carrying myself. 
Harris literally said, I'm scared, stop. And then now, he says, I'm scaring myself. And now watch this. Off. So they're with now the, the police they're pull with them the over. They're with the police, they get pulled over, and she decides to charm them. Thank you, officer. So Harris gives the cops a, a little air kiss, and the cops let him go. And so all of a sudden we have this story because we find out that there's a, an investigation, an internal affairs investigation at LAPD it's trying to figure out they why didn't. they just let her go after the, There was you know, no impairment, no uh, field test, field sobriety test for Stavros. And so we decided, hey, we got to do this. So we fired up TMZ for the first time, and this was our very first story. Yeah. Uh, you know, Harvey, I can tell you that I was not working here. I was at a law firm at the time. I remembered the breaking of this story very, very well. I remember TMZ starting out very, very well, this upstart news organization nobody had ever heard of. And it came along, and I was a follower and a fan until one day. <laughs> and then you look, called and here me, you are. and you know, I've been, seen a lot of TMZ stories ever since. You have indeed. There's By the no way, I, I just want to thank somebody because when, when you mentioned TMZ, it's true, nobody knew the, anything about what we were. Um, Jim Peritori, who was mm. my partner at the yeah. beginning of this, actually my boss at the beginning of this because he ran telepictures, um, we went through a whole thing about what do we call this thing? And we ended up saying TMZ. And some people said, no, they're going to confuse it for the demilitarized zone, the DMZ. <laughs> and there were all these. By the these, way, people do that. And, 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 and I really wanted to call it TMZ. And Jim finally said, look, let's just, it's 30 mile zone. Let's call it TMZ. If this thing is any is successful at all, then people will figure out it means something. And somehow Jim broke the um, the fact that everybody was at loggerheads on this. Right. And Jim tragically died over ten years ago. Uh, never forgotten him. Think of him all the time. So this is a good time to shout out Jim Peritori. Indeed. Uh, it is a phrase we say a lot when there are really intense issues and different groups going at, uh, at each other. Um, no one group is a monolith, and you cannot expect all black people to have the same reaction. All Jewish people to have the same reaction. All Palestinian people have the same reaction. Uh, Gal Gadot is learning that now, because um, she and um, a director, uh, Guy Nativ, who actually is directing the movie about Golda Meir, which we've talked about, starring right. um, Helen Mirren. Yes, uh, Helen Mirren. Oh, I'm right. starring Helen Mirren. Look, you got it right. Mm. Uh, so Gal Gadot and Guy decided they wanted to organize a screening of some footage, um, some really graphic footage of the uh, Hamas attack on October 7th in Israel. And, and they, obviously, both uh, being Israeli, being Jewish, uh, felt it was important to screen this for certain people to, I would imagine, to generate um, uh, generate people well, to support Israel. Because a right. lot of people have forgotten what happened on October 7th, and they're looking at the consequences of it, and, they're, and, Not and they want to put this start. They want to put this back in focus. Right. So the screening is supposed to happen sometime in the next week, um, and there are about that we've heard of about 120 people who are going to be watching this. Uh, there is an organization, obviously, there would be, you would expect um, pro-Palestine groups to, pro-Palestinian groups to be against this screening. Um, but there's also a Jewish organization uh, that is saying this is not the way to go, that this is not going to uh, make the situation any better. And they've spoken out against uh, the fact that this screening is happening. On what basis? 
their feeling is that it is not, um, it's not going to, this is not the road to peace to be screening this. Yeah, you guys, essentially, uh, this is their quote. They called it a quote unquote propaganda event. And by the way, I should note uh, this group, this Jewish group, it's called Jewish Voice for Peace. I should note right up front, they are an anti-Zionist group. They advertise that, they make no bones about it. So long story show, short, anti-Zionist groups and pro-Palestinian groups are against this screening. And to that I say, go figure. What their point of view is, is that if you wanna show the atrocities, show all the atrocities, including the most recent ones that are going on in Gaza right now. So there's that. The one thing I'll say about this, and you guys kind of touched on this, um, look, this is, a, this is 45 minutes of raw, unedited footage from October 7th uh, that Hamas apparently was filming themselves and that Israeli soldiers also filmed upon finding these bodies. And they're gonna screen, I guess you can call it a snuff film essentially, that they're gonna screen all this footage, 45 minutes straight, no narration or anything. And Gal Gadot is one of the big names that's gonna be hosting it. And you guys said, yeah, it's to drum up support again for Israel because frankly, the Israel, you could argue, especially here in the States, has been losing support publicly, or at least it seems yeah. that way. We're seeing week in and week out all these pro-Palestine demonstrations all across our country, all across the world. So Israel wants to kind of refocus the conversation back on what happened. Obviously, it comes a month after the October 7th yeah. attack. So, you know, we'll see what comes of it. And I want to say, I don't believe, that, I, I, I wouldn't characterize this as it blew up in her face. There are groups that are against what she's doing. Personally, mm -hmm. I think it's a good thing. Well, I, I think it's a really, I, I think I it's a really that, good thing. What I meant was that I, I, I think she would be surprised that there is a, a Jewish group that is okay. against this. Fair, fair, right. fair point. Right. But uh, personally, go Gal Gadot for this. I mean, I think mm -hmm. that the origin of everything, this is what, you know, I'm not gonna get into the whole thing, but Hamas set this whole thing in motion by doing what it did. It knew Israel would respond this way. It knew it was gonna be underground and there were gonna be civilians that are using as human shield. It knew that. October 7th is the baseline for everything that happened, my opinion. There are other people who disagree with me, but I think what Gal Gadot is doing is refocusing what really happened here and how this all got set in motion. So there you go. My name is Kyla Coleman. I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. And I kind of do agree that this video should not be shown. I'm not sure why it will only be shown to 120 people in particular. I want to know who's in the room, why those 120 people. Um, if we're going to show anything, it needs to be broadcast, I guess, to everyone. But at the same time, I don't think anyone really agrees with innocent civilians being killed on either side. So even if you're going to show the footage, what, what's the purpose of it at this point? A lot of people are calling for a ceasefire and just wanting innocent civilians not to be killed. So that's my opinion. Yeah, and I agree with you that I nobody think, wants innocent civilians to be killed. Hamas set it up that way. I, I think to answer your question, the 120 people are probably people with money and influence um, who are going to. I think that's right. Are going to back the U.S. Are going to basically call for U.S. Politicians to continue supporting Israel. That's, That's probably right. Right. Okay, we're gonna move on. Yes, uh, moving on now to the apology that Britney fans wanted, although I'm not sure they're gonna be satisfied with what Timbaland had to say. So we told you yesterday that Timbaland, during a conversation last week, um, someone brought up uh, his song, the song that he produced with Justin Timberlake, Cry Me a River, uh, in, in reference to Britney Spears' memoir, uh, The Woman and Me, where she talks about. Um, about cheating and about accusing Justin of cheating and then talks about the fact that they, she got pregnant and they had an abortion.
Timbaland said something that was, I think we all agree, really poorly worded and just out of pocket when he said, I told J JT he should muzzle her. Oof. Yeah, well, Oof. Britney fans were in an uproar. We told you about that. So a Timbaland, lot of people were, even, yeah. yeah. Even if you weren't a Britney fan, right. you would say that's just, uh, that's the wrong way to say something. When what he's trying to do, I think, was defend Justin Timberlake. Bad way to do it. Right. Timbaland owned up to it. He apologized, but then did a little, said a little more than just the I'm sorry that has people questioning the apology. I'm keeping it 1,000 with y'all. But I'm sorry to all the Britney fans, even to her. If she never saw the, 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 the I'm sorry, because muzzle was, no, you have a voice. You speak what you want to speak. Who am I to tell you what not to speak? And I was wrong, you know, for saying that. But I hope you see it from, I was looking at it from a different lens. And what I am is a reconciled person. I'm not a person who takes sides. I try to combine and say, let's, let's make a compromise. I see your point. Do you see this point? Can we all get to agreement to say this is that and that's this? That is how I am. So I apologize to the Britney fans um, and her. What he said. should have done is said, I should not have used that word muzzle. I shouldn't have used the word muzzle. I apologize to Britney and her fans. Good night. And just turn boom. it off. Turn off the live. Boom. But he boom. stayed on boom. and now they're not. Jay Vince, Orlando, Florida. Uh, I don't think Timberland was too off here. I think his word choice is horrible, but in any other type of business, people are going to be protecting the interests of the entities and let them continue to go forward. I think that he was making a statement that in the industry would have made sense, but it was taken way out of, uh, not out of context, but it was misinterpreted, or he, he chose the wrong word. And, the, and, and you know, the bizarre thing about this is she didn't attack Justin Timberlake in the book. This is the way Britney fans interpreted it. Right. But she never attacked him for this. So there you go. You know, you know people always say you never know who you're, who you're dealing with, so just don't, don't spout off things when you run into someone in public. Sort of road rage. Exactly, road rage. You just keep going, don't, because you don't know who you're dealing with. The same goes for bad guys. <laughs> um, you don't know who you're stepping to, and one bad guy in Miami um, found this out the very, very hard way. This is so scary to watch, by the way. Yeah, because uh, the guy you're about to see, this happened at, on Halloween night, uh, although it's early in the morning, November 1st, uh, a guy named Javier Baez, an ex-MMA fighter, is coming home from a night out, probably had a good time, it was five in the morning, and he's in the parking lot when a knife-wielding attacker charges at him. And by the way, it is a huge knife. It's 14-inch blade. Well, you see how that worked out for the attacker. Jeez. Who clearly didn't know who he was stepping to, and Javier held him down until police showed up. Well, we should say, Charles, not only held him down, Held him down Disarmed at a him. point with one hand and called 911 with the other hand. Did you just, I just realized he's, Javier was wearing flip-flops. I mean, it is Miami. It's just unbelievable. That is, is unbelievable. Crazy. Okay. Yeah. So, so guess what? We got Javier. We got Javier here with us to explain what was going on, how this encounter started, um, and, and we're so glad that he came out on the right end of this. Javier Baez. Hey guys, Welcome to doing? TMZ Live. How you doing, man? Thank you, man. Oh, man, I'm on TMZ. This is super cool. <laughs> hey, you did something heroic to save yourself, it which is, is amazing. I mean, can you kind of paint a picture 
of how you encountered this guy? Did he just come up on you? How did it happen? I got to the parking lot late and I was I was on the phone with my fiance and I was in the car. I left my keys in her house. So I, I was like, let me just chill for a little bit and go to work later. And I heard him screaming in the parking lot. He was there screaming on the phone. And then he came banging on my door. I told him, leave me alone. And then he came back with a knife, cracked my windshield. And that's when I stepped out. And I told him, I'm calling the cops. And then he, he, he just charged at me. So look, as a non-MMA fighter, what I would have done if he did that was I would have turned the ignition on, put the car in reverse, and booked it out of there. You got out of a car with a guy, crazy guy with well, a the guy did shatter his window. No, so, I understand that. You're right, you're right. You, you no, I'm not off. criticizing yeah. it. I just can't believe it. So you're getting out, and you are confronting a guy with a 14-inch blade. Yeah, I mean, I was very upset that he hit my window. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't take that I don't take that lightly. You know, you, you let them slide, they start skating on you, man. I mean, this is like, uh, what you did there is like a movie Whoa. scene. Like, there, there are stunt people who, like, go through a full day of choreography to do what you just did there. You on got, the fly. Uh, right, and you did it on the fly. Did you, at any point, sort because we can't, we didn't hear anything that was going on there, was there any sort of dialogue between you and this person? Did you say, you don't want to do this, man? I told him, I'm calling the cops. You're not going nowhere because you just cracked my windshield. And he was like, and he got mad and he came at me. But um, yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been training my whole life. I've been masters uh, over, over 15 years of training. You know, I got a black budget jiu-jitsu, wrestling in college, 15 years of boxing, kickboxing. Yeah, I mean, but Javier, it's been a few years since you were fighting professionally. What are you doing? Do you keep your skills up? Because obviously you do. That was awesome. <laughs> I mean, what a, very obvious what that a you move. Do. That, that's, uh, that's the rock bottom. Is yeah. that what that's called? The rock bottom? No, that, that was just a head and arm. I just had an arm them and threw him over my hips. And then when I landed, I put him in the arm giant in the choke. But um, I mean, I, I keep my skills. I, I still train clients. I have a lot of personal clients I train. Um, and I do, I've been doing it for a long time. So it ain't, yeah, this is a good one here. So, <laughs> it's not going to leave overnight. Well, that was Gumby. Yeah. <laughs> it's you easy know, to do on a, yeah. on a dummy in the, in the gym. Um, uh, but You've got to explain to me, because I just cannot process this. So you get the guy on the ground. He still has a knife. And somehow... That's you closer to a sword, by the right, way. Right. And you, you subdue him with one hand. And you're the guy that called 911 with the other hand? No, so once I, once I got there, I put him in an arm triangle. You see, I tried to get a knife up, but I was like, you know what? The knife's stuck. He's not going to put it anywhere. So I put him in a chokehold. As soon as he goes out, I take the knife away from him. I put my knee on his belly, and I call the cops. And when he wakes up, uh, he, he's, got my foot, he's got my foot on his back. Oh, so you, oh, you so actually choked him out? Yeah. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Wow. Whoa. So, um, so, so police arrived. This guy's been arrested. He's been charged with aggravated uh, assault. Wow. I, so I, I, you're, you're a personal trainer in Miami, right? Yes, sir. Now that this has kind of surfaced and gone viral, um, I would think a lot of people are going to call you and say, hey, I want this yeah. dude to. <laughs> I've, been, I've been getting a lot of calls lately. Your boy went viral. I'll tell you that. <laughs> wow. Well, well, look, I got to tell you, this, there's no better proof of, uh, proof of performance than this if... Uh, if anyone's looking for a trainer in Miami, obviously, Javier knows what he's doing. <laughs> Whoa. And I appreciate it, guys. Especially, like, self-defense. Well, no. You, know. it, it, you had the headline. The headline is you did it in flip-flops. <laughs> I mean, that's just... I'm, I'm always in flip-flops. Well, normally, you'd be barefoot. They know I'm always in flip-flops. That's just how I roll.
That, I'm, I'm always ready to get on the mat. That <laughs> is awesome. Good for you, Javier. And uh, we're, we're, like I said, glad that you came out on the right end of that. Yep. Congratulations, and I hope you're, uh, you're, you get a lot of new clients out of this. Um, and Thank you, guys. I'm, I appreciate it. <laughs> we'll see what that happens. That was awesome. And really good talking to you, man. Appreciate it, guys. Hey, quick shout-out to my team, Ray Masters, to my fiancé. Thank God I'm okay, and my mother. That's amazing. Wow. I mean, like you said, I agree with you. The first thing I do is I reverse. Out of I'm there. Out. Absolutely. Out. Okay, we got to take a break. All right. When we come back, Karina Shake speaking out about her relationships. Everyone's wondering about Tom Brady. We told you they broke up, but guess what? Somebody is back. We'll show you why Arena showed up at Tom's place again. Welcome back to TMZ Live. This one is a little strange um, because Arena Shake, on one hand, you have Arena Shake. Uh, doing an interview where she is ripping into the media for reports about who she's dating and her personal life uh, in general. And then you also have this, a photo <laughs> of Arena Shake on Wednesday in Manhattan and uh, walking into one Tom Brady's uh, apartment. apartment. So the Tom, same Tom Brady that she was dating, but then they broke up. It fizzled out, and they are not together anymore, we thought. Right. So, um, what's the deal? Let's do what she said first, and then get oh, into this. Oh, exactly. Actually, you know what I mean? Then we'll, then we'll test it. Yes. All right. So, this is what she told Elle magazine. She said, nobody wants to write something that is truthful. Sometimes I want to be like, blank you. It's absolutely not true. Half of the people who they say I'm dating, I've never even met them in my life. Uh, these people who are literally evil or have nothing to do, sitting there and writing some blank and getting away with it, they should go to prison for that. There should be some kind of punishment. Wow. Okay, that's taking wow. your dating life a little too seriously. Wow. I think. A little bit. Okay. Oh, by the way, we should just say the Tom Brady reports were based on the fact that there were photos of them. Oh, not just that. We know it's true. Right. And we knew it was true. But my point was it didn't yeah, there, start from nowhere. Right. There were photos. There it. were photos. Speaking of photos. Same thing of when she was with Kanye. And speaking of photos. Right. So go back to this photo. So she is walking into Tom Brady's uh, apartment. apartment. Tribeca, I believe it is. Yeah. What you don't see there is there is a long driveway that leads into this it's building. probably an underground garage for the building. Um, and the long driveway, in fact, I, let me pull this up here. It says, she could have had her car drop, drop her inside where this would have been completely out of view. Um, but that didn't happen. So she decided to walk in. There was apparently, there were paparazzi that must Clearly. have been on the street there from right. the various agencies. Um, now, I initially thought, look, all right, they've broken up that we, were, we broke that story and we knew that they had broken up. And I thought, well, maybe she's going back because she forgot something there, right? But that's not a, I'm going to pick up my toothbrush out. That doesn't look like that it, does it? Definitely not. <laughs> also remember, so there was all the rumors that she was dating Tom Brady and then she went on a vacation with Bradley Cooper, her ex, and she posted like a topless modeling photo right, at the right. beach. And then she posted a really sexy photo of Bradley Cooper. And this was during the time that she was, you know, allegedly with Tom Brady. Well, she was with Tom Brady. We know. No, but everybody talked, him. Charlie's oh, right. Everybody talked about this. And yeah. here she's she saying knew like, oh, the, you know, the media speculation, the media, well, no, you created confusion 
People saw that you were on what appeared to be kind of a romantic trip with your ex, but you're dating Tom Brady. So, of course, people are going to have questions. But what I'm really interested to see is the holidays are coming. They're coming up. Thanksgiving is in only a couple weeks. Bradley Cooper, her ex, is It's officially is now, cuffing season. Yep. And, well, that's... But then also her ex, Bradley Cooper, is now seriously dating Gigi Hadid. And there's been, you know, oh. some speculation. Does Irina, does Gigi, do they have, like, a soured relationship? Like, how is this going to be when everyone comes together for the holidays? This is the part we don't want to take off Irina. We're yeah, gonna, and we're not going to assume. But. We have no idea. We were told that um, they're not back together. Who knows what this is? But that's the building. And there's parking right in there. So they could she could have gone in there and just parked. And nobody would have seen her. But the paparazzi are standing in the street. And she just cruised right in. <laughs> Hey, it's Bree Marie from East Texas, and in my opinion, it's a little bit extreme, but as a public figure, you only have your image and what people generally know about you. So, I mean, she's a Capricorn. They're pretty serious, all business, and for her, there's just a stark line between public and private information. Back to you. Well, if I would have known about the Capricorn thing, we could have ended this three minutes right. ago. Right. <laughs> Okay, we are going to move on. All right, uh, to another couple, or ex-couple, uh, talking about Jeezy and Jeannie Mai. You know, of course, he filed for divorce uh, a couple months ago. And everyone has been wondering what went wrong, because they really seemed like everything was great. And we always say, you can never tell what's really going on, and Jeezy did file for divorce. He is speaking out now. Now, he uh, dropped a double album, um, and um, he, in part of promoting that album, uh, sat down, had a very long, in-depth conversation with Nia Long. Now, Nia Long is also, you know, as we know, divorcing her soon-to-be ex, uh, Ime Udoka. So, interesting that she, that Jeezy chose Nia, Nia Long to have this conversation. They're kind of compadres in this. Uh, so everyone is waiting. This is it. He's going to talk about what went wrong in the breakup. Fans are a little disappointed. They didn't get enough information, although I would say... The fans never feel like they get enough information. But here's what he said about relationships falling apart. I'm saddened. I can mm -hmm. tell you that I'm disappointed. I can tell you that I'm uneasy, mm -hmm. right? But again, like, God has put me in a different path. And that path is going to entail for me to take care of myself, you know? And I can only do um, what I can do, right? And right I can't. Then expect someone else to do what I'm doing. But did you go to therapy with her? Yeah. Okay, that's good. Right. So you actually addressed it, right. tried to work through it, mm -hmm. tried to do the work, mm -hmm. and it just was like not happening. No. I honestly feel like Jeezy was so respectful in this interview because he really could have just like kind of gone off on the deep end, but he was really respectful. And he kind of also dropped a few other hints. He says things like he was met with resistance or uh, he felt like he was not appreciated necessarily. So he dropped a lot of hints in this interview that could uh, speculate to what led to the divorce between him and Jeannie, but Look, he didn't really give us a, a clear code. cut. Yeah, it was right? totally speaking in code. Kind of speaking for in sure, code for sure. about, but, and you're right. I, and I guess, Look, they're in the middle of going through this divorce. But the weird the last thing you want to do is ratchet things up by Well, no, no, no. but the weird thing is is that he shows up he, he on a podcast with somebody who's going through the same thing I, I would knowing have, that by the, the way, topic is not even a up. podcast. It's a it's a setup interview that was done to promote his album and the the title of the album by the way 
sort of leads you to believe that there's. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, this is coming up. It, it's just weird. I forgive, but I won't. But I don't. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I forgive, forgive, but I, I won't forget. forget. Right. So. Well, Matthew Perry's final resting place um, is, we showed you the funeral service on Friday at Forest Lawn in Hollywood Hills. Which, by the way, overlooks Warner Brothers, where- it's very um, fitting. It's where they friends shot was films. Right. Well, his final resting place is there at Forest Lawn Memorial Park, and he is in, surrounded by, in an area, a very secluded area of, uh, of the cemetery there, where there are actually a lot of other celebrities laid to rest in tombs there. And Matthew's place, interestingly, cleared out all the flowers yesterday. There were a lot of flowers from Friday and over the weekend. They cleared it all out yesterday. Now, they haven't placed a, a memorial plaque there That usually yet. happens long after. Takes a while, yeah. but this is an area, like I said, it's a secluded, it is a gated area. So it doesn't appear that this is gonna be some place where fans are gonna be able to go and uh, and pay their respects. But obviously his loved ones will have access there. Yeah, it's gonna be private. And and like you said, uh, the celebrities around there, there's Debbie Reynolds, Carrie Fisher, they have a, a big kind of statue and monument there. Uh, Michael Clark Duncan's right around there as well. So this is an area that will probably be, there'll be a lot of foot traffic and people walking uh, to kind of look at these other celebrities, but uh, Matthews is, is gonna be a little more hidden. This is Barry Tarek, I'm out in Orange County, New York. Um, just want to say it's incredibly sad uh, that Matthew Perry passed. He was uh, still a relatively young man with a lot of life ahead of him. Uh, he had a lot of demons that he fought over the years. And not only had he found a way to beat those, but he was working on helping others find a way to beat theirs. Well said. I just want to make well one said, point yeah. that he didn't beat his disease. He didn't beat substance abuse. He managed. He it wouldn't. Yeah. And that's how he we managed. would describe it. That's right. But he was doing well to your, was really his point. Okay. On another subject, um, yes. I have not said this to you, but I am continuously jealous that you went to the sphere and I, I haven't seen it yet. I know. It's like the one thing I have on you. So just, let, you me have, just let me have that. All right. <laughs> um, and as cool as it is on the inside, this is the thing about the sphere that it, it is an attraction in Las Vegas now, just from the outside. When you People drive by it when you're flying in and you see this. Look at this. And they are doing Look some really creative things. In fact, the new Marvel Mar movie yeah. called The Marvels is using the sphere to advertise that cat that you saw there is in the movie. And it looks like the cat is in there pawing at it. Is so can I ask you something? Do people just stand on the street and get high? Yes. And look at well, I don't know about the get high, <laughs> but I, it is Vegas. I imagine you know what one it or two. No, no, you know what it reminds me of when I was like 20? It's Fantasia. That's what people yes. It's exactly it that. It is Fantasia on steroids. Right. And you stand there and you just, you marvel at it, which makes sense. That's obviously why Disney said we should advertise the Marvels there. Um, now, if you want to see that uh, and see what's going on in the sphere, guess what? You're in luck because the TMZ High Roller Sweepstakes yeah. continues. Uh, each week, we are giving away a luxury VIP vacation, either to Palms Casino Resort or Yamava Resort and Casino. This week, we're going to Vegas. Uh, you can win an incredible trip to Palms, uh, which includes round-trip airfare, limo ride uh, from the airport, your own luxury suite with private Butler service. Butler You can live like Harvey Whoa. Levin. VIP table at Ghost Bar, uh, $500 for the spa, $500 free play in the casino, $800 for food, $500 for souvenirs. Can we go back to $800 for food? Yeah, that's that's like a meal Holy or two. Holy smoke. Uh, and a cabana at Soak Pool. 
Uh, it's all, this is an incredible package. Uh, all you got to do is watch TMZ on TV and TMZ Live through November 17th for the week from Friday. Uh-huh. Watch for the word of the day. Once you see the word, you go to TMZSweepstakes.com and enter that word and you'll get more details. That's a great prize, I got to say. Yeah. That is a great prize. I'm telling you, we have did ourselves this time. I just always wish I could actually win these things and I can't. You've been there. <laughs> I think it would be fair to say that things had already gone to the dogs at uh, Kim Zolciak and Floyd yeah. Beerman's house um, as they are still going through their divorce. Uh, their house is on the verge of foreclosure, even though they're desperately trying to sell it before the bank does. Their and life, now their lives are a mess, getting sued by a million different cops companies. showing up every time that cops they get arguments. Up. Now the now, dogs are loose. Yes, and the cops came once again this time because. Their dogs got loose and were. And these are big dogs, by the way. Yeah, were uh, chasing. And when you scream around the neighborhood, Sin, get back here! That's <laughs> ominous. That's <laughs> ominous. Yeah, so the cops uh, went over there last week. Uh, this wasn't the first time. The dogs are running through the neighborhood. This person that called uh, the police uh, says that almost attacked the kids, didn't attack the kids, but the fact that they are running through the neighborhood, Kim is obviously leaving, her gate open. Um, someone we spoke to close to Kim told us this morning that uh, the police never came to Kim and Croy's house to talk to them about this, which kind of makes you think maybe the police are burnt out on Kim and Croy. I mean, they're there all the time. Right, right. The, the cops are like, is there any way we can do this without actually going to the house? That's hysterical. Can't we just, we'll take the dogs home, whatever we have to do. But we that don't so want to go funny. back. Oh, God, it's them again. <laughs> Hi, I'm Darian from Arlington, Virginia. And um, seeing those dogs gave me almost like a, a very bad memory of almost like watching those Sandlot movies. Um, dogs are extremely <laughs> aggressive. And um, it's one of those aspects where you just kind of have to be very, very aware and intentional. And obviously, their life is going pretty pretty rough at the moment. But yeah, those dogs are scary, man. And very ominous looking. Yeah, especially when they're off leash by themselves. Right. Right. Oh what was the dog's God. name in the Sandlot? The Beast? Not Anyone remember? Yeah. Not Sin. No, it wasn't <laughs> Sin. Uh, what else you guys want to talk about? I'm comedian Chris Hightower in Danville, Illinois. And honestly, could Charlie Sheen ever be mad about anybody for doing anything? I mean, if his daughter wants to be on OnlyFans, everything he's done? I mean, come on, Maybe bro. he's seen the light. Well, you know, maybe it's like, I don't want my daughter to do what I was doing. By the way, I'm pretty sure Charlie Sheen's parents weren't thrilled with the things that he was doing right. either. By the way, but she's not, I mean, the, 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 she's this, of age. And she's of age, and it's not sexual, overtly-ish. <laughs> one, one more. Hi, my name is Natalie Giroux, and I'm going to be commenting on Kourtney Kardashian and Travis Barker coming home from the hospital. Um, I know a lot of people were worried about her considering the complications that she had during her pregnancy and being in the hospital for a little over a week after giving birth. So I'm happy to see that she's looking healthy and coming home with the baby, and I'm excited to see a picture of the baby, too. All right. Uh, speaking, sure. of, speaking of uh, doing well, Natalie uh, is one of our interns here. Um, that's why you see her sitting in the office. Um, how's it going, Natalie? What school, by the way? Forgot. Yeah, I'm a grad student at Carnegie Mellon University, and I'm really enjoying my time here so far. I'm learning a lot and uh, meeting a lot of people, so it's been great. So, Natalie, I need you to just let everyone know, we're not forcing you to say this. Someone, Devin, called called me out last week after we, we do our intern spotlight once a week, and he's like, why are you asking them how is it, how's it going? Obviously, they're going to tell you it's going well. Right. So how do you really feel? Yeah, how do you really? We, we we want the truth now. 
No, honestly, I love it. I Again, I'm learning a lot. I'm pitching stories, and I've gotten a couple stories published, too, so it's been really awesome. Okay, I, awesome. I love that you're staying on script. All right. <laughs> I'm Thanks, Natalie. Well, Shawn Mendes and Camila Cabello, they broke up. They're done. Then they got back together. And they're done. Briefly, and then they broke up. So I guess this would be rebound number two uh, no, for no, no. Shawn. It's not... This is not, it's not her. No, Sean, for Sean. Guys can rebound too, you know. Oh, rebound to another person. Right, to yeah. a new person, yeah. exactly. Uh, because he was out in West Hollywood at a place called EPLP. And we don't know who the woman is, but clearly they are close, hanging exactly. out. She's got her arm around him. Looks like they're looking at one of their phones, talking about something. But I will say from behind, and people who were there told us it was not Camilla, but when I first saw the photo, I was like, it does look, it, it, he's got a type. Camilla-ish. He's got a type. There's nothing wrong with that type. And go back, that. go back to the wide shot. Um, margarita. That's a margarita. Well, not, not at their table. No, 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 but I'm just saying. <laughs> I spotted it. I, I got an eagle eye, man. This man loves Happy a margarita. Happy anniversary. We will see you tomorrow. <laughs>